Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June 2021, we're running our annual Radiothon when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, please enjoy your podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the Dogs Program on 3CR, and it's Radiothon Day for us. All through June, from the 7th of June onwards, it's Radiothon, and we have to raise money to keep 3CR on the air. 3CR is a very, very important institution for Melbourne, and in fact, for Australia. And Oliver's going to tell us why, and he's going to tell you how you can donate to 3CR and the dogs, keeping the dogs on the air every Saturday at 12 noon. Over to you, Oliver. Thank you, Jean. June 2021 marks the 45th anniversary of 3CR Community Radio, and we're thrilled to celebrate this milestone with a range of activities, including a radical radio radiothon during June. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR hit the airways for the first time, heralding 45 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. At the time, the station was acknowledged as the first community radio station in Australia. In the 45 years since then, the status quo of old media has been seriously challenged. Publications and broadcasters have come and gone, and the internet has revolutionised the way we communicate. Yet we are left with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world. It is in this context that 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Through all of the many controversies, the overt and covert attempts to destroy the station, the funding crises, 3CR has prevailed. Its creation wasn't easy. It was something that we had to fight for and must continue to fight for for as long as is necessary. Key reason for the station's resilience and success has been our financial independence, alongside our place as a source of news and culture that is genuinely owned and operated by the community. For this reason, we ask all of our listeners and supporters to donate at this time of year to keep us going for another 45 years. With a program guide for the whole community, the station is proud to still broadcast programs today that began in 1976. The dogs, for example, have been here since 1987, when Bill Hartley, famous for his Ha Avium, gave us his first half hour at 7am on Saturday mornings. Then we graduated to 12 noon Saturdays and have been here ever since, every Saturday without fail. In addition to our 130 weekly programs, the station produces a broad range of special programming throughout the year, including our live prison broadcasts from inside Victoria's prison system during NADOC week, Women's International Day, and dedicated programming on International Day of People with Disabilities. Now, over to you, Maddie. Thank you, Ollie. I would just like everybody to know that if you wanted to donate to the dogs for our Radical Radio Radiothon, um, you can donate online. Just go to www.3cr.org org.au slash donate or you could call during business hours on 94198377 that's 94198377 or you could even text the word donate to 0488930855 that again is 0488930855 you could even visit 21 Smith Street Collingwood with your cash or, you know, a check or you can even use FPOS 
Um, and you could you could even post your check or money order to dogs at 3CR at PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Thank you. Thank you very much, Maddie. And um, we have to raise, dogs have got to raise 6500 of the 250000 that uh, has to be raised for the uh, Radical Radio. And everything that Oliver said, please remember it. We are a very, very important institution here at 3CR, and DOGS is also a very important group of that uh, institution because we represent the only group in Australia that are prepared to take on the um, private school interest head-on. We say they shouldn't get one iota of public money and we should have separation of religion from the state and our public system should be world-class so that our children in Australia can get the very best education that the world has to offer for a democracy. I'm sure other people have got something to say here too. What about uh, you, Dale? What have you got to say about all of this since you've been around 3CR quite a while? Well, uh, 3CR is one of these, well, it's it's one of these places that's unique in that once you become a member of the 3CR community, you actually begin to understand what the word community means. And I guess my little anecdote for 3CR is, well, well, it's literally, it saved my life. I was homeless in the early 2000s and I was doing some busking on the street. I had a, a dodgy guitar, but that's all I had. And I had nowhere to live. I was sleeping rough and I was busking. And there's a program made by and for homeless people called Ruminations on 3CR Community Radio. And one of the people who runs that program saw me and asked if I'd like to come on and play some music on air. And I said, yeah. And then they asked if I'd like to contribute regularly. And I said, yes. And then they said, would you like to do the training and, you know, become a presenter? And it was just at that point in time where I needed something to, well, I needed something positive to do with my time that wasn't self-destructive. And it gave me an opportunity to feel like I was contributing something that it gave, gave my life meaning. And so, you know, within a year or so, I, I'd, managed to find housing directly as a result of being part of that program. And I've been with 3CR for the last 16 years now. And I've been with the dogs, I think, eight years now. And I cannot say how much it means to me, but also how much it's changed my life and it affected my life. Because the news and views, the analysis that you hear on 3CR is stuff that you won't hear in the mainstream. And you know, you find yourself, especially coming from regional Australia, as I did originally, uh, you find yourself questioning whether you're sane because f- what is fine for the mainstream has never really sat right with me. And I thought there must be something wrong with me um, I might, because the whole concept of capitalism doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm more interested in people before profit, yet that's at odds with how the rest of the society thinks. And then I find a community like 3CR, I, I, I literally questioned my own sanity. I thought there was something wrong with me because I, I, all of this stuff didn't sit well with me. I, and I started to understand that I wasn't the only one who felt this way and that I wasn't alone and that there are not only people talking about this, but people doing something about it. So I think in many ways, and not just for me, but 3CR touches many people in many, many different ways. And it's truly by the community for the community and it needs to exist. So any any donation that anyone can make, I think, is is for the good, literally, of all. So please do donate. And donate to the dogs in particular. <laughs> and, and also you should, um, I'd like to put my two pennies worth in here. Dale, you might have been homeless, but actually... You have a training, other training, you have tertiary training in media studies um, and you have bought this, this skill, tremendous skill, both to 3CR for other programs but above all to dogs and aren't we lucky? Aren't yes. We so lucky? Very um, lucky. Well, we'll have a bit of a break and hopefully some people will ring in and uh, we'll get a bit more money and then... Uh, Maddie and Sorrel are going to tell us what uh, Trevor Cobalt's been up to. 
he's written a very interesting uh, research paper. Public schools do more than private schools with fewer resources. And we've been saying that for a long time. And our press release last week, you might remember, was about this. But we'll have a bit of a break now and we'll come back with Maddie and Sol. Show your support during June 2021. And the fossil fuel companies have known for decades what they're doing and they've made a calculated decision that they think their profits, their short-term profit, is worth more than the climate impacts that we face, worth more than, you know, Australia being engulfed by flames, worth more than, you know, a third of the Bangladeshis having the, the land that they currently live on. So we, we need to show them no mercy. 3CR Radiothon. Community-powered radio. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to 3CR 8.55 on the AM dial and you're with the DOGS program, the Australian Council for Defence of Government Schools. And although it's Radiothon Week, we're still giving you value for money. We give a lot of facts and figures and interesting facts and figures and interesting opinions on this program. Uh, And we always feel free to do so because we are on 3CR, which is Radical Radio. And I assure you what dogs have to say would not get any oxygen in any other media. So we are lucky and you are lucky and we must keep it on the go. But over to Madeline and Sol on public schools do more than private schools with fewer resources. Thank you so much, Jean. And yes, you're very right. We have a lot of opinions and we are able to tell them because we are a part of what's happening in the world. We want to spread the truth. We want to make sure that everyone has the information to be able to make Um, informed decisions and opinions about exactly what's happening to not just, you know, the state of society, but exactly what's happening with your money, okay? Public schools do more than private schools with fewer resources. Trevor Cobalt has a lot of opinions just like us and um, he has a lot of opinions about equity in education and I'm going to tell you more about that right now. So the following is a summary of an education research paper published by Save Our Schools, and um, you can download the full paper on the website on Save Our Schools. Public schools have to do so much more than private schools with far fewer resources. New figures show that public schools continue to bear the large burden of education disadvantage. Enrolments of disadvantaged students in public schools are over double that in private schools, but public schools have far less income. The burden of disadvantage of public schools is three times that of private schools when their lower income is considered. New figures published by the Australian Bureau of Statistics and the Productivity Commission earlier this year show that disadvantaged students account for 46% of public school enrolments compared to only 20% in private schools. Low SES students comprise 30.5% of public school enrolments compared to 12.8% in private schools, while Indigenous students account for 7.4% of enrolments in public schools compared to 2.8% in private schools. High disability, meaning extensive and substantial, students comprise 5.6% of public school enrolments and 3.4% of private school enrolments, while remote area students comprise 2.3% of public school enrolments compared to 1% of private school enrolments. The overall proportion of disadvantaged students in public schools is 45.9% compared to 19.9% in private schools. 
the overall proportions of disadvantaged students in the two sectors are likely to be overestimates of the actual levels because there is significant overlap between the different disadvantaged groups. For example, many Indigenous students are also low SES and many live in remote areas. However, they are an indicator of the compounding effects of multiple sources of disadvantage. And this is clearly much larger in public schools than private schools. Over 80% of all disadvantaged students attended public schools in 2019. Some 82% of low SES students, 83.7% of Indigenous students and 82.2% of remote area students were enrolled in public schools compared to only 18%, 16.3% and 17.8% respectively in private schools. The proportion of high disability students in public schools is slightly lower at 76.2% while 23.8% were enrolled in private schools. So would you like to tell us more about these things? Oh, I would love to. So public schools have much more to do with their resources than private schools, yet they have significantly less total income per student than private schools. The income per student of Catholic and independent schools is much higher than for public schools. In 2019, income per student in independent schools was 23,956 per student and 17,153 in Catholic schools compared to 15,520 per student in public schools. That is, the income of schools is only 65% of that of independent schools and 90% of that of Catholic schools. The income of public schools was 80% of the average of private schools of 20,088 per student. Income per student in Catholic and independent schools has increased six to eight times respectively that of public schools since 2009. The increasing resource advantage of private schools is mainly due to much larger government funding increases than for public schools. The relative income of school sectors should also be considered in assessing the burden of the disadvantage because the availability of resource is a key factor in responding to disadvantage. This can be done by comparing the ratio of income per student in public schools to that in private schools, with the ratios of equity enrollments in public and private schools. If private schools have the same disadvantage burden as public schools, their equity enrollment ratios would be similar to their total income ratio. This is clearly not the case, as shown in chart three. There are huge differences between income and disadvantage enrollment rates. For example, the income of public schools is only 80% of that of private schools, but the proportion of low SES enrollments in public schools is 2.4 times that in private schools. Their proportion of Indigenous and remote area students is 2.7 and 2.4 times respectively that of private schools, while the proportion of disability students is 1.7 times that in private schools. Overall, the proportion of all disadvantaged students in public schools is 2.3 times that in private schools, yet their income is only 0.8 of that of private schools. Public schools have to do more with less income and their overall burden of disadvantage is about three times that of private schools. The circumstances in which public schools have to operate are abominable and deplorable. Society expects public education to deliver a quality education for all students, yet governments continue to starve public schools of the resources they need to meet the challenge of disadvantage. Public schools are vastly underfunded for the challenges they face, while private schools are vastly overfunded for the challenges they face. This is likely to continue under the current Commonwealth and state government funding arrangements. The resource advantage of private schools is projected to accelerate over the rest of the decade to 2029. Commonwealth funding for private schools will increase under special deals not available to public schools and bilateral funding agreements between them and the Commonwealth allow the states to continue to underfund public schools. 
Unless there is a dramatic change in enrolment patterns and or increased funding for public schools, the disadvantaged burden of public schools compared to private schools is likely to increase. It portends continuing disadvantage in education and huge gaps in education outcomes between advantaged and disadvantaged students. The only solution to this prospect is to completely overhaul Australia's school funding system to focus on increasing education outcomes for disadvantaged students and improving equity in education instead of supporting privilege in education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. I agree with that. Trevor Cobalt, he always, you know, puts it down to a T. He says it so eloquently. Yeah, he tells you the facts and the figures, yep. but he also interprets them very well. Yes. Yes, well, you've got, you, they have the evidence. But the strange thing is that although they have less resources, the uh, state schools, the public schools, when it comes to NAPLAN achievement, actually do better than yep. the private schools. So there's something very strange going on in Australia in the world of education. And um, Archbishop Fisher, who we were talking about last week, understands that too. Okay, well, we'll have a bit of a break. But before we do, we'd like to remind you, uh, Maddie would like to remind you that this is Radiathon Week for the Dogs and 3CR. Over to you, Maddie. Yes, I would like to reiterate my points from before that you can donate to our wonderful dogs program. You can do that online. You can go to www.3cr.org.au slash donate, or you can call during business hours on 94198377. That's 94198377. Or you can even text the word donate for you more tech savvy people to 0488930855. That's 0488930855. Or if you were so inclined, you could even visit 21 Smith Street, Collingwood, our 3CR headquarters with your cash or your check. Or, you know, you can even use FPOS or, you know, some people might like to post a check or a money order to dogs at 3CR. You can do that to PO Box 1277 in Collingwood, which has the postcode of 3066. And we would appreciate it so much so we can keep this amazing station, this amazing program running like it has been for 45 years. Another 45 would be very nice. I'm sure you'll be here then to to do that, Maddie. But um, we'll have a bit of a break and when we come back, I'll tell you what our money situation actually is at the moment. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. It was an exceptionally well-organised rally by war and the same rallies took place around the nation. But yet there was almost no reporting on it on the day by the mainstream media. In fact, it was really just community radio stations and props to this radio station for being one of the few to really give voice to the war organisers for the rally here in Nam, Melbourne. In terms of truth-telling, in terms of honest, ethical truth-telling, that's really all there was. And when I saw the mainstream media the next day, One of the hardest things was just the fact that Prince Philip was trending. There was just this idolisation of colonial dinosaurs, really. I don't know why even alternative mainstream outlets seem to really centre the death of this guy that had a pretty long life compared to black people in this country. 3CR Radiothon, community-powered radio. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Why not pledge your support now? Just text the word DONATE to 0488 930 that's 0488 930 855. Well, here we are back on the Radiothon for the Dogs Program on 3CR. And I promised you before the break that I'd give you a few figures. 
Well, I can give you the figure of 4,000 that has gone in uh, to 3CR uh, so far because um, but they are from anonymous givers and we're very, very grateful for that 4,000. Now, that means we've got 2,500 to go. And Jeff has said that he'll give 100. Linda says she's, she'll give 50. Andrew says he'll give 200. And Neil says he'll give 500. So uh, that's another 350 plus 500, 850. Uh -huh. uh, when it comes, of course. So that will be 4,850 so far. So we've still got a long way to go. And Dale's been talking about a... Uh, performing at some stage, perhaps having a, a get-together and a, a fundraiser at some stage or other. And I'm sure that Maddie and Sorrel could could um, contribute to that also, all our musicians. Uh, but um, we still need quite a bit more money, uh, dear listeners, and we hope that you will be uh, donating online or um, ringing up through CR. Uh, would you like to hear Maddie telling you how to do it again? Perhaps we better remind them, Abby. I can do that. Thank you, Jane. Um, if you'd like to donate to our lovely program, Dogs, on www.3cr.org.au, you can go to www.3cr.org.au slash donate. You can call during business hours to 94198377 or you can even text the word donate to 0488930855 and it's a pledge now, pay later kind of deal. Tell us what program you want to donate to at a later date. You just text the word donate to 0488930855. Remembering, of course, uh, if you're wealthy enough, that all of these things are tax deductible once you get that little receipt from 3CR. It's pledged now, but pay later. But when you pay, you get that little receipt for the tax man. And uh, for some of us, it does, it does occasionally matter around about the end of June. All donations over $2 are tax deductible. We survive. We survive on donations. We are an independent station and we need the donations to survive you know we give insightful radio 24 hours a day seven days a week we are smashing the truth here <laughs> and passion obviously and a lot of opinion community yep, community is so important especially in these times and as we as we heard before it can take a community to raise an individual up. But once that individual is raised up, there is no telling what that individual would do within a community. Communities count for everything. We are a giant community. We need to save it. We need to love it. We need to make sure that it continues. Oh, that's wonderful stuff. Okay, we'll have another break. And Dale's going to come back and tell us about a regulator. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. 3CR Radiothon community-powered radio. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au. Or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. Well, 
still listening to the drugs program on this very special day, this Radiothon day. And Dale, who is actually, uh, from her many, many experiences, a bit of an expert on boarding schools, <laughs> is going to tell us about the regulator who's been set up to oversee the boarding schools and why. Mm. Uh, this is very interesting. They're very strange places, boarding schools. Aren't they indeed? Over to you. Thank you, Jean. I, I don't know how much of an expert I am, but uh, I did, by some strange quirk of fate, end up working at one as a boarding school mistress. And uh, that was, yeah, one of the most toxic workplaces I've ever encountered. But um, that aside, this is an article from The Age by Madeleine Heffernan about the state regulator set to oversee boarding schools in Victoria. Why? Is it a financial matter? I mean, we're used to having the Auditor General take these uh, private, big private schools, that wealthy private schools that wealthy um, pastoralists send their children to, to task because they don't uh, do what they say they're doing with public money. Mm. But why regulated boarding schools in particular? Very interesting. Well, here's why. Uh, Victorian boarding schools will soon be overseen by the state's schools regulator after the Child Sex Abuse Royal Commission found a disproportionate number of survivors had been abused in a boarding school. The Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse recommended state and territory governments place particular emphasis on monitoring boarding schools to ensure they meet child safe standards. In response, the Victorian Registration and Qualifications Authority will be granted compliance and enforcement powers to ensure school boarding premises satisfy minimum safety standards from July. The Victorian government is proposing to prescribe minimum standards that closely align with existing standards for schools, describing them as the most practically feasible of three options. The government forecasts this will cost $1.56 million over seven years, mostly borne by the regulator. Under the changes, boarding schools will be required to comply with working with children laws, provide a register of students and record of their locations, and have minimum standards for facilities, governance and student welfare. But the Australian Boarding Schools Association which represents every Victorian boarding school, said the government should have chosen a more ambitious national system of certification that schools have developed with Standards Australia. These national minimum standards cover child protection, the safety and well-being of boarders, facilities, financial management, the management of staff and community engagement. Association President Richard Stokes said the Victorian government was doubling the workload and costs for schools. They're going to make the Victorian boarding schools jump through two sets of hoops instead of one because the schools will want to be nationally accredited, not just state accredited, he said. About 3,000 students attend Victoria's boarding schools, which include Hunting Tower School, Scotch College, Methodist Ladies College and Australia's most expensive school, Geelong Grammar. Victoria has five boys boarding schools, eight girls boarding schools and 18 co-ed boarding schools. Many schools have suffered revenue falls because of border closures as a result of coronavirus. Many students have returned to their home country, some for remote learning, while new students have been unable to fly to Australia. Andrew Hurst, principal of the Hamilton and Alexandra College, said while he supported any endeavour to, to improve child safety, he believed the Victorian standards should have gone further. I'm saddened that it's not, in my opinion, best practice, Dr Hurst said. We aspire mm -hmm. for best practice in all we do, and to be at odds with the rest of the country is extremely frustrating. That's a very strange thing to say, isn't it? Because um, here they're being regulated because they have done terrible, terrible things. Terrible things have happened in these places. And it's really strange that you should try to get the moral high ground here. But Chris Van Stein, the head of boarding at Ballarat Grammar, said the Victorian standards would be good for schools. 
his anticipation is they will allow us to acknowledge what we're already doing, but also every school will have a blind spot and it will allow us to see what that is, he said. A spokesperson for the Victorian Registration and Qualifications Authority said it would consult with affected schools in the lead-up to July. How strange. How very, very strange. A strange people. I think it's very, very sad that a child should have to be sent to a boarding school in the first place. It's usually because of broken families. And then they're fair game. They have been proved to be fair game to, for, for predators in this, these places. We shouldn't be putting any money into these places at all. Unfortunately, some students in regional Australia get sent because there's at the at the school where I worked, a lot of the boarders were from moneyed cattle farmers, you know, and they were coming off properties where School for the Air finished at 12 years of age. So what if you wanted to do high school, you had to move to a larger regional centre because they were on large cap, uh, cattle properties where the nearest school was ostensibly hours and hours away. But I think that was more like the nearest private school because obviously... There are smaller state schools in regional Australia. But, so yeah, a lot of the girls in the boarding school where I worked were coming off properties. So uh, that was a parental choice about uh, sending a, a girl to an all-girls private school to board as opposed to sending them to the local regional state school, which would obviously be co-ed and also have a lot of disadvantaged and Indigenous students that they would have to rub shoulders with. So obviously there's parental choice involved there and it's a, a set of... It's coming from that privilege thing again. Like I want to make sure that I send my child to a place where they'll get a foot up in society. That's the thing. It's, it's the values. It's a set of values that doesn't doesn't necessarily put the parents in the greatest light Like because you can't judge the children. It's the parents sending them there. Also, for the children. if you think about it, why have these parents chosen to, quote, give their children a foot up in society, end quote, because they are, they've succumbed to capitalism, which is, it's, it's destroying, it's destroying our humanity. It's in, it? Yeah, it promotes that individualism where I'm right, Jack, screw you, i.e. you being the rest of the community. Very sad for these girls. I, I met a girl down the market the other day, her name's Helen. And I remember when she was a little girl, she lost both her parents. But the um, the grandmother and the uncle who looked after her sent her to Tin Turn of all places. And I, I, I don't know what happened, but something terrible happened in that place. She's, um, she's one of the saddest people you would ever, ever wish to meet. And I, I meet up with her regularly, actually. But she had such enormous potential. She would have been so much better if she'd just been kept at home in the local community where we could have all looked after her instead of sending her off to a boarding school. Um, she, she, lost, she lost her parents and then, um, you know, she lost everything really. The boarding school where I was obviously uh, liked to think of itself as charitable. So it had um, openings uh, special openings for in for one or two Indigenous students or one or two low socioeconomic students, like they were scholarships specifically for children that were described as disadvantaged. And within the school community, the girls on those scholarships were ostracised mm -hmm. and were absolutely othered by not only their peers but by the other staff and treated very, very differently to how the paying boarders were treated. Yeah. Well, it's not, I don't think the school wanted them there because they wanted to make sure that they had an amazing education. It's because the school wanted to make themselves look good. It's, it's taking Christianity, unfortunately. That's right. Yeah. And that's the thing. And you can tell it's tokenistic because there was no real recognition by the staff that these girls were being treated any differently by the school community. In fact, there was overt examples set by the staff of how to treat these these girls. And, you know, the rich girls were treated deferentially. The quote unquote nice girls 
were treated differently to the quote unquote rough girls. And it was really, it was really toxic. But I, I, I've got to uh, caveat that with obviously not all schools, not all boarding schools. I'm not saying, and I won't tell you the name of this school or what brand, but it was just an experience that I had. And obviously, you know, there were also some wonderful students. So not all students, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough when you're talking because these are children. Um, it's so it's the ideas and the values that their parents have that are kind of setting these negative examples for the children mm-hmm. to follow. The students yeah. definitely learn behaviours and it's, and it's problematic that we're teaching them in these toxic environments. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And we're all products of our society on this feed. And that the taxpayer is contributing to footing the bill to perpetuate these attitudes. That's yeah. what we at the dogs are against. Uh, we can't stop and we shouldn't stop people wanting to be individuals and do things their own way if they're prepared to pay for it. But we don't see why we should have to pay for it. Not one penny. But we'll have a bit of a break after we tell you about our radio song. Okay, I'll just remind listeners that, uh, yeah, if you would like to uh, donate, you can, uh, this year you can text, uh, you can text the word donate and what program, so that would be the dogs, and how much you'd like to pledge to 0488 930 Eight double five. That's zero four double eight nine three zero eight double five. Or if you'd like to uh, pay by credit card over the phone, you can call the station during business hours on Monday to Friday on nine four one nine eight three double seven. And there's other ways to pledge and donate to three CR. And here are some of them now. Are you wondering how you can pledge your support for a three CR radio program during Radiothon? It's easy. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit our website at 3cr.org.au or you can even come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FBOS. Or simply post us your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277, that's P.O. Box 1277 in Collingwood 3066. And thank you for being part of 3CR's annual Radiothon. You know, it's quite confusing, the cultural heritage laws in this country, and that is of extreme concern to our people across this country. And, you know, not only the Japarong trees, there's Duke and Gorge, and there are a number of other sacred areas of extreme significance to our peoples across the country that are being, you know, because of the cultural heritage laws that are in place are, you know, not actually protecting our heritage at all. 3CR Radiothon, community-powered radio. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Well, here we are back at the dogs and uh, remember that at the moment we've only got 4,850 years, 4,850, but we've got to get to 6,500. So please um, have a look at what's at the bottom of your pockets or your bank balances and do something about it for the dogs. But Sorrel's going to tell us about teachers who have been asked to go back into the schoolroom and actually, we have an example in the North Melbourne Primary School, our public school, of a teacher who contracted COVID in the classroom. And the teachers, like the nurses, are starting to get rested. Why aren't they vaccinated? Over to you, Sol. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this article will tell us all about it. Education workers need priority access to COVID-19 vaccination. The Australian Education Union is calling on the federal government to make education workforce a priority for the COVID-19 vaccination. Teachers and education support personnel in early childhood settings, schools and TAFEs 
our frontline workers, providing an essential service in our community. The education of our children and young people, the Australian Education Union Federal President Karina Haythorpe said. Educational workers around the country are ready to roll up their sleeves and get the jab because they know it's the best way to protect themselves and their communities. The federal government must move urgently to prioritise teachers, principals and education support staff for the COVID-19 vaccination. This would help protect staff, students and families from the risk of contracting COVID-19 and mitigate the risk of further school closures. The Australian Education Union has previously written to the federal has previously written to the federal health minister Greg Hunt, calling for teachers, principals, and support staff across all education settings to be included in the COVID nineteen vaccination priority groups. It is proper that vulnerable groups have been prioritised for that vaccination, Ms. Haythorpe said. However. The federal government must now make the timetable for vaccinating education staff clear. Teachers, principals and support staff are dedicated professionals. They will continue to do the job the community rightly asks them to do. In return, the federal government must move to immediately ensure principals, teachers and support staff are as safe as possible from COVID-19 by prioritising their vaccination. Completely agree. Uh, while I have you all here, I would love to remind you to donate if you can. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you could donate to dogs online. You can go to www.3cr.org.au slash donate. Or you can call during business hours to 9419-8377. You can text the word donate to 0488-930-855. Or if you feel like going out and about, you could visit 21 Smith Street Collingwood with your cash check or FPOS. Or if you feel like staying in, you could post your check or money order to dogs at 3CR PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And thank you so much for any donations. It's so important that we keep community radio alive, especially in Australia. We have one of the most concentrated media landscapes in the world, as uh, Kevin Rudd made us all aware recently. Rupert Murdoch owns 65% of our media. So community organisations like this are absolutely vital in the media landscape. Thank you, Sorrel. We'll have a little bit of a break and then we come back with our great state store. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. As much as we are lied to that what is happening in Palestine is complicated, there is nothing complicated about it. Israel maintains a regime of apartheid, ethnic cleansing and occupation. None of these concepts are new. They have all existed in some form throughout history. This nation is founded on settler colonialism. Drawing parallels between our struggles doesn't only shed light on the commonality of different social justice issues, but it also shows us that as Palestinians, our freedom and liberation is so inherently intertwined with the freedom and liberation of so many others around the world. 3CR Radio Time, community-powered radio. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. We're having a bit of fun off air here. Uh, Ollie said he'd donate $50 if Dar would play in the guitar. And she did strum a few chords there, but she won't play it to us on air. But if you want to hear her, perhaps you'll have to come to her fundraising effort a bit later. But uh, so we've got another 50, and we've also got 400 from Dale, and um, we've got uh, 50 from Maddie. And I think it's 50 from Seoul, perhaps. Absolutely 50. 
Well, we'll, we'll just see anyway, which brings us up to about 5,400. <laughs> so we're on the way. We've got to raise another 1,100. Thank you very much, team. But to go out on a high note, Maddie's going to tell us about the Great State School of this week. It's a very special school. It's for children who are school rejectors. Remember last week we were saying how the private school, the charitable people, were moaning and groaning because they weren't getting their 26000 per student uh, unless the students actually attended the college. Uh, and um, we discovered that there was this state school that doesn't um, moan about anything and they do the job for considerably less, about 16,000 per student, 17,000 per student, not 26,000 per student. So over to you, Madeline. Every week on the Doctor Program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. I'm a giant fan of this state school. Um, our great state school of the week is Oakwood Secondary College. And Oakwood Secondary College believes that all students should be able to thrive in mainstream school. However, they know that for a small percentage of students, that's not always possible. Oakwood School provides opportunities for secondary school age students who have disengaged from school or where a mainstream school learning environment is seen to be inappropriate to meet the young person's needs. The background of students at Oakwood School is diverse, but they have in common the experience of trauma in their lives through, for example, you know, violence, family breakdown and associated mental health issues. Often young people have not engaged in learning as a result of chronic anxiety or specific learning or language difficulties. Young people seek enrollment at Oakwood School um, they will usually be connected with a range of mental health, child protection or youth workers, but have been disconnected for some time from schools and teachers. Oakwood School provides a safe and supportive learning environment that enables young people to reconnect with teachers and learning as embodied in Oakwood's intent of learning, respect and empowerment. We believe that all students would like to be attending school and learning. And Oakwood have a further strong belief that students will give the best that they have got. In other words, if they could, you know, do better at school, they would. The intention of Oakwood School is to reintroduce students to learning to the extent that they are able to be successful and to build upon these successes to develop their learning potential and journey to a successful adult pathway. The program is centered around a developmentally responsive personalized learning and pathway plan with a focus on the development of literacy, numeracy, social development, and pursuing students' interests and studies of art and physical education. Oakwood School has campuses in Caulfield North, Noble Park, and Frankston, and also has pop-up schools at community venues in Hastings, Rosebud, Pakenham, and Mornington. Oakwood School also runs a satellite VCAL program at Long Beach Place in Chelsea. This is a re-engagement program where students are enrolled in a VCAL program at foundation, intermediate, and at a senior level. Students also have the opportunity to complete a VET certificate. And delivery of the program is flexible to allow students to complete their certificate over several years if required. This unique program is delivered in a non-mainstream educational setting and gives students the opportunity to experience success with learning. The program at Caulfield Park Community Campus of Oakwood School includes music, home ec, vocational education training, and also um, VC, yeah, VCAL. Um, integral to the program at Caulfield Park are significant events such as camps, excursions, and whole school activities. Prior to enrollment at Oakwood School, the student attends a series of meetings that enable Oakwood School staff to better understand the young person 
in a case-managed approach alongside parents, carers, and other professionals. This gradual process also allows the student time to become accustomed to the school and teachers and to become aligned with the school values and processes. This intake process is designed to ensure that when the young person starts at Oakwood School, they are prepared and ready to focus on learning. The Oakwood School team comprises the education leadership team of principal campus principals, student wellbeing and teaching and learning leaders. There's also teachers and allied health professionals, psychologists, there's even a mental health nurse, youth workers and administrative staff. Oakwood School is continuing to develop across the southeast Victoria region as a coordinated approach to engaging our most vulnerable young people with learning. Personally, I think that this approach to learning should be adopted nationwide. If you don't understand that each student has an individual process to learning and individual needs, I don't understand why we're trying to okay, why are we trying to fit people in some weird academic box. So it's true. It's true that, um, you know, as, as soon as you do any study around actual pedagogy and teaching, the first thing you learn is that students learn in different ways. There's more than one way to learn. And the whole idea of, uh, you know, using a standardised test for every single student is always going to mean that some students don't get the opportunity to show exactly what they can do. Yes, yes, 100%. I think that's really important. How many children go to the school? I think it's about 500-odd, and I think it costs about 17000 per student. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to those who have supported the dogs. Please feel free to continue supporting the dogs and 3CR, this Radiothon. Uh, you can text DONATE to 0488-930-855 or you can go online to www.3cr.org.au forward slash donate or you can send a money order or check to the dogs at 3CR at PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. From, from all of us, it's bye for now. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. I dreamed I saw Joe here last night, alive as you and me. Says I, but Joe, here ten years dead, I never died, says he. Standing by my bed They framed you on a murder charge Says Joe, but I ain't dead Says Joe, but I ain't dead The copper bosses killed you, Joe They shot you, Joe, says I Takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe, I didn't die, says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on. San Diego up to Maine in every mine and mill where workers strike and organize it's there you find your hill it's there you find your hill I dreamed 
Says he. 